Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza! You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Hey y'all, this episode is hot, fresh, and piping right out of the wood-burning pizza oven. I don't know what that means, but I am so freaking pumped for this episode. I had a chat with my co-collaborator for my new picture book, Kyle Sheely, and you know we've been talking about this episode for a long time because we made this picture book together, a pizza with everything on it, and we it's been a it's been years in the making and because both of us um do a lot of public speaking for a living we're always kind of thinking about what we're learning in real time and it was such a different creative project for both of us that we learned a ton of huge things that I've carried on into all the stuff I've been making after it this book is a real creative achievement for me and for Kyle And this episode is packed full. It's not a regular interview episode. We actually did a lot of planning and talking and developed some content for this. So I think you are going to get a lot of of juicy secret sauce, if you will, which you will. (laughs) So I hope you love it. Don't forget, please go pre-order the book now at creativepeptalk.com slash pizza. There's links there or get it where you get your books. 
So appreciate all your help. Hope you freaking love this episode, How the Pizza Gets Made, Six Secret Ingredients to a Breakthrough Creative Project. Here is my friend, my collaborator, Kyle Sheely. Here we go. So, hi, Kyle. What's up, Andy? Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. I mean, I kind of invited myself two We're, years ago. When, <laughs> Yo, that's true. When we sold this book together. Yeah, yeah. So, we decided we were going to do an episode telling you not just about the kids' book that we have coming out in just, a, what, a week and a half? A week and a day. A week and a day. Actually, when this comes out, it'll be less than oh a week. Oh, my gosh. If this comes out on Wednesday, it'll be six days. So we decided to do an episode, not just to be like, hey, t- let me tell you about this cool book, but this has been an enormous journey. A lot of people don't know how long it takes to make a book and get it out in the world. It's this enormous journey. And through all of that- a Thousand years. Thousands of years we've been working on this pizza. <laughs> but throughout throughout that time- I feel like anytime you take on a project of this magnitude, you just learn a ton of stuff that you didn't know going into it. And we decided we're constantly talking about all the things we've learned by making this picture book, a pizza with everything on it, that we decided we're like, dude, we should definitely make an episode out of this stuff. So we're going to do an episode and tell you how the pizza gets made, six tips that will help you in your creative practice. So that's what we're doing here. Is that about right? Yeah. I mean, I think we just kind of wanted to share like the stuff that, at least from my perspective, like this is all the stuff I wish somebody would have told me. Like I, I had no idea. Um, I'm, we'll probably get into the backstory a little bit, but like I wanted to write kids books 10 years ago and I gave up on it because all the information that I saw out there was so discouraging and just said, oh, it's so hard and you'll never get an agent. You'll never get a book deal. And like there was nobody out there saying like, yeah, it is hard, but here's what I did and here's my experience. And so, um, you know, when we ended up getting this book deal, like everything came together completely the opposite of what I expected it to and what everyone had sort of like all the like doomsday voices had said. And so this episode is kind of us just saying like, hey, you know what, like every every creative journey is going to be different. But hey, let's tell you about ours so that you aren't exclusively hearing people telling you this is never going to work and it's going to be a terrible idea and you know, you're going to be poor the whole rest of your life and you'll never get a deal. Yeah. And actually we went about doing it in some ways, the opposite of what the experts say. And this episode is not about how to publish a kid's book, but it is about how, what are all the ingredients, if you will, to getting your practice off the ground, getting that project that you want to realize into reality, piping hot, delicious. Um, that's that's what this is about because we, we ran tasty. into a bunch of hurdles. And, uh, and I feel like this project more than most taught me some big things that I know I'm going to care that I've already started exercising all of these ideas in the future projects that I've been making. So let's go. We both brought some lessons to the table. I'll kick us off with the dough, the dough, the base. You got to start with a good base for your creative pie. Um, and, and I'll tell you what this is really about for me. I feel like in the creative world, there's all this, there's a lot of people on looking creativity, experts on creativity talking about it's all about skill. It's all about craft. It's all about the 10,000 hours, which all that stuff is important. I do think technique and skill is 
a part of the creative process. But for me, I feel like philosophy, approaching it with the right philosophy, with the right recipe is just as important as technical ability. You know, we joke a lot that, you know, I'm not the best at drawing in the world. I wasn't even the best at drawing in my art class in high school. And yet, no, none of those people have a picture book out. And I, maybe they would if they wanted to. But for me, one of the things that this book taught me was that a lot of people think illustration is about drawing, which is the skill. A lot of people use illustration as being synonymous with the term uh, drawing. But why do we have two different words? And I really think that it's because illustration isn't drawing. It's writing with pictures. And you tell them a little bit about the story of the book so I can kind of explain, or just the text as you had it before I started diving into the illustration so I can explain how I started to figure out my philosophy on kids' books and how that changed the drawing side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So the story, like the, the story is, it's a very ridiculous, very silly story, which is about a kid and his father uh, who set out to make a pizza and the, the dad owns a pizza restaurant. And so he tells his kid, you can make a pizza any way that you want. What do you want? And the kid says, I want a pizza with everything on it. And uh, the kid takes that hyper literally and just uh, he wants everything on the pizza, not not just standard pizza toppings, but um, that's how the book starts. The dad puts on standard stuff, you know, sausage and tomato and uh, t- tomato, sausage and peppers and pepperoni and, and, you know, mushrooms and stuff. And then he goes, great, we, we did it. We made a pizza with everything on it. And the kid's like, no, we, I want a pizza with everything on it. So then it goes pickles and a whole turkey and an ice cream cone and, you know, just keeps escalating, keeps getting crazier and crazier. Um, and then eventually uh, this disaster happens where so many things are put on the pizza that it it collapses under its own weight. It forms a pizza black hole. It sucks in everything from the entire universe. Um, and and then what happens after that? You have to buy the book yeah. to figure it out. But <laughs> that's the the basic uh, premise of the story is just this escalating absurdity um, uh, of this kid's desire to have an actual pizza with everything on it. Yeah. And, and one thing that is interesting as I started making thumbnails for the book and we pitched it and we were working with the editor on how we were telling the story visually – one thing that became really apparent was there was one way to tell this story uh, with the pictures that equaled the kid being kind of a spoiled brat, being like, I want everything. No, I want more, more, more. And there was one way of drawing that text that told a totally different story. And what I realized was in this moment that this is, it's, I'm not just drawing what's in the text. I'm having to come up with my own side of the story and, and write stuff with these pictures. And we eventually we realized there was this key moment for me. There's a, there's a page in the book where the dad is doing a chef's kiss to the son dumping his backpack onto the pizza. And there was something about the dad buying into the craziness and the silliness that all of a sudden it didn't look like the kid was demanding things. It looked like they were playing. And it just totally changed yeah. the tone uh, of the story and that relationship. And the reason I bring that up, the, the takeaway was that the philosophy here actually was more important than the ability to draw. Yes, the ability is drawing, uh, but the philosophy and understanding what, why, why are there pictures? Not what, what are you adding to the, to what, not the actual what, but the why. And it got me thinking about if I said, you know, 
what when you're making dough for a pizza, what's it all about? The first things you're gonna think of are skills. You're gonna think of like tossing it in the air, doing the big circle thing, or kneading the dough. You're thinking about all these skills, but those are things that you can literally teach anyone. Anyone can go work at the local pizza shop and be taught those hard skills. But there was a, um, there's a, back in my hometown, there's a local pizza shop that everyone's obsessed with. And why are they obsessed with it? Because the dough is amazing. And it's not all those skills that make it amazing. Anybody can do that. It's because they bought a recipe from this like person that was had this tiny shop and it was the perfect recipe for this amazing, fluffy, chewy dough. And that recipe is the key to their pizza. And that recipe is all the ideas. It's all the ingredients. It's getting everything right in terms of the philosophy of what makes a good dough, not just the skills. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that like one one thing that that I want to say as the author is that like that that's a thing that only you can do. Like, and I didn't realize that until I wrote this story and then I sent it out to a few of my friends just as text, and and most of them came back and said, "Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it." And and one of my friends wrote back and he said, "I love it and I understand what you're trying to do, but there is a way that you could read this." as this is a bratty kid. And he said to me, he's, he's a creative guy, he's a Disney Imagineer, like he knows, he knows his way around the creative world. And he said, that has to be expressing illustration, that this kid is not a brat, he's a kid who's having fun with his dad and his dad is sort of like allowing it and encouraging it and yes anding it. But that's not a thing that I could express in the text unless I am just like over the top explanatory and go, but he was actually a nice kid, you know, which ruins that, which takes you out of the story. And so, uh, you know, what you were doing is adding a thing that only you could do. Which negates it being a picture book. Like for a picture book to be successful, they both have to justify their presence. They both have to be necessary to tell the story. Um, and it's just that, yeah, that was a big deal to me to, to realize like, you know, what is the why behind why we're having pictures? Not just because it's nice, not just because it's a picture book and that's what's in a picture book. Why is it important and what are you trying to achieve? And so first thing is, I just feel, the reason I harp on about this, I guess, is because I don't feel like a lot of people move past the surface level skill into where the, it's under the surface where all the good stuff is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that, that gets deeper into the philosophy. All right. So that's number one. That's how, that's the dough. Number two. Once you have the dough, number two is the sauce. Uh, so once you've got your dough, you slather on that sauce and, uh, and that's, Start that's swimming in, in it, slathering sauce. in it. <laughs> just taking a bath in that sweet tomato sauce like you got sprayed by a skunk isn't that isn't it tomato sauce that's what it smells you like you yeah. get skunked you don't want to reuse that for the pizza though then that's gross. that's a good tip so, thanks kyle uh, what, what this <laughs> what this point is about it's it's about bringing your your secret sauce to a project. What is it that makes you special? Um, and see, my backstory is I've tried to write a ton of different stories. And even since selling this book, I've written other stories. And some of them have worked and some of them have not worked. And as I looked at this, I realized like, oh, the thing that works about this particular story is that it, it is... Uh, the, just this pure expression of who I am. Um, not that that makes it good. It just makes it me. And then the people who identify with a story that is super duper me are going to latch onto this story. Um, the thing that, that 
makes this story so me is that I have always been uh, a kid who liked wordplay and then who liked hyperliteralism. My friend Scott calls me a hyperliteralist. He says that I take everything super duper literally, and and I do. And and even though I understand what someone means when they say a pizza with everything on it. Uh, and I, I can contextualize that and go, oh, what they really mean is a, a Supreme Pizza. Like, my brain, the first place it still goes is, oh, uh, what would it be like to have a pizza with every single thing on it? And this was the first story where I really leaned into that idea. And, like, not just, oh, like, let's let that play out a little bit and it'll be kind of funny. Like, really taking that to the extreme. Um, I, and before this, I had tried to write like other people. I would see an author that I liked and I would be like, oh, I, I should try to write a story that's like that. But all that is going to be is my bad interpretation or imitation of this other person. And what this story is, is it's me leaning into uh, this, this just sort of like maximalism and extreme taking this idea way, way farther than a reasonable person would take it. Um, and, and, and the thing about this, when you think about pizza sauce, like the more you try to make your sauce like standard, uh, standard pizza sauce, the less notable it is at all. Uh, you, you know, famous like pizza chains are not known for their, their like amazing sauce, like cheap pizza chains. Now, that's why Andy's small town place is amazing because they've got this dough that stands out. They probably have an amazing sauce. Yeah. And, and what that is going to mean is that there will be people who don't like that. Some people want a saltier sauce. Some people want a tangier sauce. Some people want some crazy thing. But by not by trying to please all of those people, you end up pleasing none of them. You're not taking a stance at all. And that's taken me a long time to accept as like a as a chronic people pleaser. I want everyone in the world to like my stuff. But what I've realized is like I really only want the people who really uh, like this kind of thing to like it. There are certain people who will hear me talk about this story, and you may be listening to this, and that's fine, who who may hear this and go like, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I, I've had to come to realize like, well, there's nothing that I can create that that person is going to really enjoy and I am going to really enjoy. The Venn diagram circles are just too far apart. And so what I have to do is lean into like, Instead of trying to please that person, I should go, how do I even more please the person who already loves this idea? And for me, that was ratcheting this up and taking it even further. And and the idea of a pizza that destroys the universe, that is a thing that that eight-year-old Kyle would have been so excited about. And so I leaned into that, into embracing the secret sauce that makes me who I am. Yeah, and one of the things that makes me think of is – a lot, one of the things you hear in marketing circles all the time is defining your target market and making stuff for people that you really want to make make stuff for. And I, I was struck by this idea that if you play your cards right, like you really want to make stuff for people. Like if you gathered them in a big room and they were all there, who would you want to be in that room? Because the end goal is to one day be in a room with them. Almost every single yeah. uh, every single creative journey ends if it's successful with people gathering around. You know what I mean? Whether you're going to do yeah. a, a a show or we're going to do a book reading or you're going to do the premiere of a movie, like think about who you want in that room and then disregard everybody else that you don't you don't want the, anybody that hates this book. 
I don't want them to have it. I don't want you to read it. I don't. I like if you hate this book, you don't like. I it. do want you to buy it. Buy it, it of but course. Buy it get, and yeah, then burn it. it. Use it for kindling. We don't care. Uh, definitely buy it though. No, I, for you and I, our sensibility. It's so funny because I never. I don't even think I had put together how maximal both of our sensibility. I didn't thought. I knew that we both had that maximal uh, sensibility, but I hadn't really put it together that there was a clear Venn diagram and that. Because for me, what ends up happening is you focus all on what you're not when you're focusing on your insecurities. You're trying to be like your heroes, like you said. And there was a long period of time in my career where I was trying to be this slick, minimal, conceptual designer because that is everything that I was self-conscious about not being. And because someone said to me, like, I hire you when I want you to fill up, when I need an artist to fill a page because you don't know how to do white space properly (laughs) or negative space. And the funny thing is, this book, what's great about it is it is wall-to-wall insanity and toppings and maximal, like all these Easter eggs. Um, and that comes from leaning into what we are. Well, and I think that the other thing that, that that makes me think of is like, you know, you're saying keep attracting the people who you want in that room. But I think there's also um, a point of like intentionally pushing away the people who are not, who aren't going to enjoy being in that room. And, and I think that, you know, I've had projects in the past where, um, someone would ask me like, why, why did you do this thing? And you know, there's this, I actually have a newspaper in my desk right now. Um, that, that is, there's this house that I drive by that's these two artists that live in it and the newspaper locally did a story about, and they've been like, the house looks like this crazy theme park castle. Like they're constantly building onto it. They have two giant lions in their driveway, like concrete lions. And in the article, they, uh, they asked, they were talking about like, why do they have a tower? They have a tower in their home. And the guy said, if you have to ask why you need a tower, you probably don't need a tower. Like, <laughs> he was saying like, you're probably like, there's nothing that he's ever going to be able to say to a person yeah. who doesn't get why you need a tower that would ever make them go like, Oh, okay. This is a reasonable reason for a person to have a tower. Like there isn't no. one. The reason is I wanted a tower at my house and it's my house. And so I could do what I want. And I think for us, like us saying, Hey, you know what? We're, we're actually going to lean into the craziness of this so that somebody who buys a children's book, like, to you know, preach some moral or something like they're gonna not like yeah. it because our book intentionally does not do that. And and people who buy kids books for specific reasons, uh, you know, outside of that, like or who like like really nice uh, stories that have this tidy little ending, and like they're not gonna like our book, and that's okay. We, we want we want people we want like it's not just about filling that room wherever that room ends up being. It's also about once that room is full, everyone in that room enjoying themselves. And so sometimes you have to go, hey, this is what it's about. And so if, if it's not for you, then that's fine. But it is for us. And we would rather have these people. And that's something that's been hard for me to accept. Like, not to get too deep into the weeds, but I, I recently had this experience, Andy, you know this, that I accidentally went viral on TikTok and went from uh, 17 followers to a million followers in 25 hours. And it, and now I have 2 million followers on this platform. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had to fight against like this urge of like, oh, I have to keep these people appeased. And our, our mutual friend, Brandon Harvey, was talking to me the other day. And he was like, actually, what you should do is just keep putting out content that's only true and authentic to you. And then if your following shrinks, then that's fine, because it's going to shrink to the size of like all your true fans. And it doesn't really matter if that ends up being 2 million people or 2000 people like you you blew up huge like let it let it come to the the two options are either you let it condense back to true fans or you 
keep trying to entertain these people who like you don't really have anything in common with and they just happen to like this one particular video of yours. Yeah, and I've been in the comments of some of your posts after this happened and there are people there where you're like, there's people there you're like, this person's awesome. Keep making stuff for these people. These are great yeah. humans that get it. They get the joke. They're here for the right reason. And then there's other people who are like, would this person leave the party? Goodness gracious, <laughs> this is not for you. I don't know how you got this invite, yeah. but this is not your party, man. Um, uh, and I think, yeah, yeah. You, I, it, it's really hard to get to a place where you're willing to uh, alienate people, but I think it's really essential. It's a, There's a real breakthrough moment. Okay. Number three, I think this comes from your side. Yep, that's the topping. So we've got the we've got the dough, we've got the sauce, and then then next up is the toppings. And so um, you know, it's not enough to just have uh, the dough. The you know the philosophy of why you want to do it. There are a lot of artists that get stuck there, and all they ever want to do is talk about yeah. art and talk about their philosophy. They never make anything, and it's not even enough to know what your secret sauce is because a, a pizza that is just crust and sauce is is not particularly good. You've got to add something to it. And, and for us, that was, you know, the things that make the pizza stand out. Like a, the toppings are what you refer to as a, a pizza as. You say, I want a pepperoni pizza. You don't say, I want a pepperoni and sauce and crust pizza. Those things are implied. And so the, the thing that makes a, a pizza what it is are the toppings. And it's the things that make it stand out. And so what we try to do with this book is add layers of, of flavor that would keep people coming back, add layers to this idea. Um, and, and so that started with the pitch. Like we wanted to go the extra mile in a pitch. Andy had a book agent at this point. I did not. I had no connection to the publishing industry. I, I had I didn't have an agent. I had never published a book. I had friends who had agents, but uh, like I didn't have anything. So we we were going in with like we're gonna pitch this um, together, which is something where you don't typically do um, as an author and illustrator, uh, especially an unknown author. Um, and and so we knew that we were gonna have to overcome that. So we decided, hey, we're not just gonna send in a pitch that says, here's our story, take it or leave it. We we're like, let's layer this pitch so that by the time it gets to the end, the right publisher will be just like mouth-watering, chomping at the bit. Um, and so we didn't just say, here's our story, uh, take it or leave it. We said, here's our story, here's what we think is good about this. And we, we made a chart of like, here's what kids will like about this. Here's what adults will like about this. Here's what everyone will love about this. And in that, it wasn't just even a, a list like I'm talking about in a Word document. It was a, a beautifully like drawn presentation pitch deck where there were, there were pepperonis and, and, and mushrooms all over the background of this pitch to like set the, the tone of what we were talking about. And then we didn't even just say, here's our story and here's what we think people will like about it. Then we said, here's how we will get them to like it. Here's what we will do to market this book. This podcast that you're listening to right now was in the pitch deck <laughs> yeah. two years ago mm -hmm. that we said, hey, and when we put this book out, we will do a podcast <laughs> talking about it because Andy's audience is all creative people and creative people love to hear about how their creative work gets made and creative people love to hear about children's books because most of you want to make a children's book at some yeah. point or a huge percentage of you do. And so this was all in the pitch deck two years ago. 
And then in addition to all of that, it was here's where we think it fits into the market. Here are books that we think are like this. And and we went layer upon layer upon layer. And our pitch was, it was the menu that they were looking at to say, oh, this pizza looks pretty good. Like that, this sounds, sounds pretty good. And then once we got the, once we got the book deal, um, we layered stuff into the book to, to fulfill that promise um, and to do the same thing for readers that we did for the publisher initially. We layered in jokes. We layered in little Easter eggs. There's so much visually in this book that Andy put in there on his own. And then there's stuff that we even talked about. Like there's this whole reference to pineapple on pizza that Andy and I talked about before the book was ever drawn, before <laughs> yeah. anything was in there conceptually. We said, oh, it'd be funny to put a joke about pineapple and pizza in the book. Um, Another probably my favorite layer because I'm an author is I got the I got the publisher to change the copyright notice in the back of the book. Yes. Um, and this is a thing I didn't think publishers would let you do. Uh, and because it's like a legally binding, you know, you're telling people, hey, if you don't do these things, we or if you do these things, we will sue you. Uh, but I emailed the publisher and I was like, hey, I had this idea to change the copyright notice. What do you think about this? And they were like, well, what do you want to change it to? And I told them and they were like, well, let us email our lawyers. And the lawyers basically came back and said, like, sure, we don't care. That's fine. So, like, the copyright notice in the back of this book, which this is, like, the ultimate Easter egg because who's going to read this? Only somebody who really loves the book and is just, like, flipping through it more. The copyright says, all rights reserved. No part of this book may be reproduced in any form, baked into a pizza, or used to destroy and or recreate the universe without written permission from the publisher. And that's a thing that, like, some people will hate that. Some people will be like, oh, you can't mess with the sacred copyright copyright notice and other people our people will read that and be like that's hilarious i love this book even more and so what we tried to do is just add so many layers so many toppings that would appeal to the kind of pizza who would love our or the kind of people who would love our pizza yeah man i i love this and i there's a i just want to add to this that there's two things as we're going through this that strike me one is we're really talking about the journey from start to finish of getting a creative project to to be as good as you possibly are capable of. And it and I wish that, you know, it, we're telling all these things. I feel like we're saying them through the lens of passion. And that could be read as like, we know these things and we're experts on this. But the passion I know for you and I come from the fact that I wish this was a thing we could put in a time capsule and send back back in time to previous me because there's so many parts of this uh, pizza baking creative process that I just completely missed so many times. This is not my first book. This is my eighth book. That Most of the stuff we're talking about in this process, I did not do with the other books. Now, I'm proud of those books, but wow. I wish I would have had all of these yeah, creative ingredients. And, and uh, you know, one, the one that we're talking about right now, it's, it's interesting because we started with the philosophy, which is the depth of the project, but we're moving towards the surface. And there are times where, just like you said, lots of creatives, once the depth of the concept is had, you're just not interested in putting on the toppings and, and, and making sure that it looks uh, gorgeous and, and looks appealing. So, this idea of putting all these Easter egg toppings, which I like the idea of Easter eggs as a pizza topping, um, what it really makes me think of going the extra mile to make it accessible and look tasty from afar, like as a gateway, kind of like sugar for the medicine. For the this book, I really believe, like on a deep layer, 
there's deep layers to this book that I'm really passionate about, like we were talking about with the philosophy of the storytelling and the relationship between the father and son. There's there, And then even just your uh, expert storytelling, you're such a natural storyteller. There's a satisfact, really satisfying ending that you don't always get in picture books. So it has all this depth. but And we know that. We could have just been like, look, Take it or leave it. If you read it, you're going to know it's cool, but you know, whatever. We're not going to we're not going to sell it to you, but because we believe in those things so much, we're going to take the time to put in all these added toppings. And it's just like a pizza chain like you know, a lot of times a new pizza place will get you to come in because you're like, look at our wacky toppings, but they're not going to you're not going to that's not going to become your favorite pizza joint if if the crust isn't remarkable and the sauce isn't uh, something to, you know, write home about, but the toppings get you through the door often. Cause you're like, look at the crazy, they're hot chicken, uh, Nashville chicken on the pizza with pickles. And you're like, all right, I'll try it. That's what all the, this layer is about. You know, when you hear these weird things about the copywriter or the pineapple, the role that the pineapple plays, which is totally secret. You have to look for it. That's, that's the enticing stuff that gets people through the door. And I, and I, in the past, I'd be so caught up on the deep stuff and the what actually what I feel like, oh, this is what makes it good as the artist because that I would just neglect really delighting people and adding the frills and taking the time to 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 do that idea justice. Yeah. And I think you have to do both of those things. Like you have to have you've got to have the guy who's out front dressed up as a, you know, as a pizza who's spinning a sign in the street to get people to come in. And then you also have to have the pizza be really good when you get in there. And I think it it seems like um, in art and in pizza places, the more (laughs) I think about it, like people places tend to like be good at one of those things or the other. Like and and like ideally you need both of those things like there's a reason it's so funny there's a gas station in my town um that it's this old gas station it's and they like they don't they don't have like stuff that you can buy in the store it's like a service station they only have gas and like they're like there's like a mechanic shop well this brand new amazing like come and go service station is going in next door they have pizza they have donuts they it's like amazing they've got great food all this stuff and they like the newspaper interviewed this guy who runs the other one right next to it. And he was like, well, I don't care if, you know, people don't want uh, foo-foo pizza and, and candy and stuff when they get gasoline. Like I, I'm serving these other customers. And and the top comment on the article is somebody saying like, oh, yeah, ignoring the things that a customer wants. That's a great <laughs> business strategy. Like we'll see how it pays off for them. But yet that's how so many like there are a lot of pizza places. You're like, oh, why haven't I ever heard of this? Oh, because they don't do advertising. They don't they have a social media presence they don't do any of it they just expect the pizza to speak for itself and there's like a cult following but a cult following like the story of most of those places is it runs for one generation and then it peters out because there's not enough like business in it to keep going and so i think we tried to do we tried to do both of those things to make this amazing pizza book that, that that rewards the payoff the payoff is there like it rewards you for reading it it is as good as you want it to be but then also we're going to tell you about it we're going to do a podcast about it i'm doing a, a million tiktok videos this week explicitly saying like please buy this book like i poured my heart into this i want you to buy it and so um 
So yeah, so, so okay, so we've talked about the crust, we've talked about the sauce, we've talked about the toppings, um, and then number four, number four tip is baking the pie. You have to bake the pizza. The problem with creative work, especially for people like Andy and I, who both have ADHD, him officially, <laughs> me unofficially, uh, but I, I think having talked to Andy enough, I, I feel like pretty confident in saying that. And I think a lot of a lot of you, whether you have that diagnosis or or just a generally creative person, the problem that a lot of creative people run into is that the most exciting thing for a creative person is often the idea. It's the upfront thing. Um, somebody asked me one time, like, what's the what's the what's your favorite creative project that you've ever done? And I said, it's always whatever the last one was. Like, the last thing that I did is always, like, the thing I'm the most excited about. Austin Kleon talks about, he says, execution is execution. Like, once you execute a product project, once you finish it, it's like it's dead to you. It's like you executed it like a person. And, and that's, like something that you have to wrestle with as a creative and know about yourself and know that like the idea is fun and it's sexy and it's cool and that's the thing that like gets you excited but you have to be willing to put in the work after the the excitement of that idea fades um i was looking it up right before uh, we got on this call and i had the idea for this book in 2015 uh, that was the first time I had the idea. I had about half of the idea down. I couldn't figure out the ending. And then Andy and I started talking about the book in 2017. Uh, that's when I like wrote the first draft of the story. It is now 2021, <laughs> and the book is just now coming out. And if we had hoped that the initial excitement would sustain me for six years and then us for four years... It, it just wouldn't happen. And so once once we sold this book to Chronicle, then there were still two years of work from that point. Like we sold the book in 2019. So Andy and I worked on it together for two years in the background. It was not a full-time process. Anytime you hear somebody go like, oh, this book is 10 years in the making. <laughs> it's 10 years of part-time in between other stuff because Andy and I have jobs and have lives and we're not getting paid for this at this point. But it was two years of development on our end, making the pitch, getting it ready, finalizing, polishing the idea. Then we sold it to Chronicle. And then there's two years from that point to now and where Andy has to draw all of the pictures like in final art and Chronicle bought essentially a comic book from us that was loosely rendered thumbnails and some text and then Andy has to turn that into a beautiful book and then we have to spend two years like talking about marketing and having all these zoom calls and meetings with the publisher and and doing these panels uh, that we definitely don't belong on <laughs> and, and all of these things to get the word out there and that's that's the part of the process where you're actually like baking the pizza where you're actually making it um, and if you can't commit to that like don't be surprised when your creative work is just not doing what you want it to do. Like there are, you see this all the time. It's, it's a plague. And Andy and I have both been guilty of this, of starting, 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 never finishing anything. And then going, why am I not successful? Why do I not have a, have a career that's taking out? Because you never finished the thing that you said you were going to do. There's something to be said for just making a list of all the stuff that you have on the back burner and saying, I'm not starting a new project until I finish this and this and this and this, and then executing those things that clears up space uh, to make new ideas, but you have to get something uh, into the oven at some point. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think 
One thing that's really uh, becoming clear to me as my own kind of failures and struggles to complete this process all the way through and what what has stopped me in the past. And the funny thing is, although I think everybody has their preferences of like, they're either a good starter or they're, or they're a good finisher, or they're really about, you know, the deep stuff, or they like putting the toppings on, like whatever it is, everything uh, in between, I feel like it's easy to fall off on either side. The, and, and it speaks to while why each point is important, because for me, the reason why we're doing this podcast right now, the reason why we're spending this entire month promoting this thing, I've had lots of other books that I'm really passionate about. I've had a bunch of projects that I really love, but I've never spent so much time doing the baking and the delivery and all these other parts. And it's because the deep stuff was, we did the work then. I still believe in it. There were other times, there's plenty of other times with the project either where I get a really good idea, but then I don't take the time to really, you know, dress it with everything that it needs to have to finish well. But there's also other times where I just want to race to the finish line. I just want to be a published kids book illustrator, or I just want to do this or that. And I rush the philosophy. I rush the idea. I go straight to the sales. And so that kind of speaks to why all these pieces working in tandem make so much sense. You know, one of the things they talk about um, in storytelling is if there's a problem with the third act, it's really a problem with the first act because you didn't, there's stuff you didn't set up. There's problems you didn't solve. And if there's a problem with promoting the book or, or going the extra mile to really bake this thing properly, sometimes it's because you knew you made a crappy pizza. You're like, I don't even, (laughs) you know, who cares that, you know what I mean? But with some, and I think, Yeah, it just speaks to every part of that process. What I, what are we trying to say? I think we're trying to say there's too many Papa Murphys out there. Do you know? Did you ha- <laughs> did you have that the take and bake pizzas? Yeah. Uh, there's too many Lunchables out there, uncooked raw <laughs> pizza crackers, and everyone want you know. There were so many times where I wanted to point to like, but Papa Murphy doesn't bake it. He just starts and doesn't finish. Like, why are they the exception to the rule? They're the exception. Quit trying to be another Papa Murphy's. We don't need any more of those. Bake your damn pizza. All right, I'm sorry. Um, I always, side note, (laughs) I I had a business idea to just start basically uh, um, a laundromat, but with ovens, but right next to a Papa Murphy's and then just franchise those (laughs) so that people can buy the pizza at Papa Murphy's, walk right next door to the oven, oven laundromat. It's already preheated, ready to go. There's tables there. Anyways, I'm seeking uh, I'm seeking venture capital right now. That's amazing. A whole cottage industry based on uncooked pizzas. And the you know what? Let's just roll with it because how do you know how many finishers? There are so many, you know, pop stars that are finishers, people that saw a trend happening and just ran with it. There will be people if you don't go the extra mile and finish it off, there will be those shops set up next to you, not doing the hard work, just baking the pizzas and making all the money, right? Like, uh, it's true. You see that all the time. You know what I mean? Like these innovative artists that are just all obsessed with the idea, but they don't take it anywhere. They're industrious folks that'll show up and be like, thank you very much. I'll make that something that is palatable to people that they want to eat right now. You see this on TikTok all the time where like, there, there's a guy right now, and it's it's crazy. Like he's getting quote unquote canceled on on TikTok because 
people found out that it's this white guy who's just taking other people's videos, predominantly people of color, and remaking them shot for shot, not adding anything at all creatively, not yes ending it, just remaking the video. And the guy has like two and a half million followers. And it's crazy because there are all these people that are trying to cancel this guy. They're pointing out, look at him. He's just taking other people's ideas and it doesn't matter. People are not unfollowing him. They're like, he's he's doing fine. And it sucks that I hate that about the creative world, but there are people who will do that. Yeah. Screw that guy. That's yeah. that messed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> if this wasn't a picture book podcast episode, I might've used more choice language, but yeah. Okay. So that's baking it. Don't be a Papa Murphy's. Don't be a Lunchables. Um, let's move on. Is that, is that, is that all your points? That was point 0.5, right? Okay. That was point, point 0.4. You have oh, point five point and four. six. All right. Point, ah, you're correct. You've always been a better counter than me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, okay. So point 0.5, it kind of plays on this. It's the deliver the pizza. You got to add the delivery as part of your functionality. And th- what this is really about is, um, Ryan, Appleton, who's my agent, you know this chap. Um, uh, he tells he he told me I was talking about how it's my nature, just like you said with uh, the Austin Cleon quote. When I've executed the project, it's dead to me. I'm like, all right, yeah. next, bring out the next thing. Uh, and he said it's as if you're the mama bird just kicking the creative project out the nest and just saying, fly or die, man. Let's just see. Let's see how it does. And I think that there's this thing for creative people that we really want to believe. There's, I think it's something about, the, for me maybe, the need of affirmation of knowing it was good or bad purely based on its own merit, right? Yeah. Like if it, but the, tr- but the truth is, is what I've learned over time is the things that, grow organically, rapidly, quick enough for it to survive. Like if when you kick the thing, I'm, I'm rolling with a bird pizza analogy. You're going to have to stick with me just for one second if anybody's losing <laughs> track here. Like there is a time and space when that thing has to fly, right? Or it hits the ground and it's dead. And the same is yeah. true for every creative project. Right now, the reason we're pushing so much is pre-orders really matter to whether this thing takes off. And there are so many things that are out of our hands of whether uh, whether that happens, but we're gonna do everything we can to make sure we give it the best chance. And the thing is, is that um, it doesn't matter if it's a book or not. Like a lot of people say, you know, they open a coffee shop and they be like, if the coffee is good, the, the word will spread on its own. And that's totally true. Word of mouth will spread quality things, but it might not spread it fast enough for you to have the budget to keep the lights on. There is a yeah. time and space. Yes. Not only that, but but also there's the, the fact that like, if the coffee's amazing, but it takes me 25 minutes to get to your location, I, I, I'm gonna go there two times a year. And I would like, I would rather just go, hey, you know what, I, I'll have this coffee that's 80% as good or 70 or 50% as good, but is on my way to work. Like, and, and it's, you kind of have to end up with this attitude of like, it's not really whether this is right or wrong or whether it's unfair or fair. This is the way that the world works. And so a bird that gets pushed out of a taller tree has a little bit more time before it hits the ground to learn how to fly. That's not fair or unfair. That just is the reality of the situation. A coffee shop that's in a better location 
is going to do better. And that's it, all other things being equal. And so, you know, if you're planning a coffee shop, you can bemoan the fact that, oh, it sucks that the good real estate is more expensive. Or you can just say like, these are the table stakes. This is what it costs to play this game. And so I'm going to do it this way. Andy and I didn't set up the fact that like, that pre-orders are super important to books. We don't particularly like that fact or dislike that fact. It just is what it is. And all, what we know is that the New York Times list, the Wall Street Journal list, all of those lists, the, your first week are overly important compared to every other week that this book will ever sell. The first week of sales, there's a bonus in it for you. And so we didn't set it up. We didn't. We don't have feelings about it one way or the other. But we do know that this is how the game works. And because we are proud of this, you know, this is the this is kind of what we're coming down to. Is like because we made the thing that we want to make, we want to get it out to the most people that we can get it out to. And that means pushing it as hard as we can during this period and and being unashamed about that and saying like this is just what it is. This is what it takes to do the thing that we're trying to do. And I think what's really interesting too is you want the judgment of the thing to determine whether it does well. But the fact of the matter is, uh, at some time, at some point you have to get your, you have to sell your movie to get it in theaters. Now, whether people come back for the next movie you make has a lot to do with the merit of the first one, but whether they go in first has to do with how well did you get it out there? And, 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 and so you have to own that project. And the more that you believe in the project, the more willing you should be to do it justice with the promotion and getting it out there and delivering it and taking it, bringing it home. Uh, and so, you know, and the other thing is you said about the coffee shop thing. Yes, there are connoisseurs. There's a small slice of people that will drive extra to get that coffee, but they are not enough to build a business on. Yes, there are people that love picture books. They're crazy about picture books. They read every one that gets published by every publisher every year, and they find those gems. But that is not, those people are not enough to get it to be reprinted, to get it, yeah. to get publicity, to get it out in the world. And so I've just over time realized that you selling a terrible book will never work out in the long run. So you don't have to worry about, oh, did it just work because of sales? Selling, like we've seen this a million times, the, the startups that have the slickest brands and all the right venture capitalists, but nobody uses the product. Nobody, it doesn't actually mesh with consumer behavior and they end up going away. You don't have to worry about having no merit and winning in the long run. It will not yeah. work that way. Go, so go bring it home. All right, last one. <laughs> last one is uh, enjoy every bite of the pizza, okay? You know, for me personally, sometimes that last bite of the pizza, I'm really kind of distracted because I'm thinking, oh, I should have got different toppings or, oh, I should have ate this more, or more slowly. I'm regretting woofing down that pizza and I'm not even enjoying the last bite as it enters my mouth, because I'm thinking about all the other things that it could have been instead of enjoying what I had. And, uh, you know, when I got the books, uh, the big box of books um, for the advanced copies, I knew in my heart I could feel like you can open this box. This, now, this project means more to you than any other creative project you've made up to date. You can open this box like you've opened every other box of pro creative projects that are hit the finish line. 
like like you have then, which is through a critical mind as your future self thinking, oh, I would have done this differently. I would have been, you know, oh, I wish I would have all these different, I wish I would have picked different toppings, whatever. I wish I would have went for the thin crust, you know, the different paper stock, whatever it is, right? You can open it from the future use perspective or you can stop and you can think, I'm going to enjoy this because, man, when if Andy from 1993, who was a little kid, who was freaking obsessed with picture books that, you know, they'd read something in class and make their mom go out that day to go get that or scour the library and try to figure out how do you say John Sheska because nobody understands <laughs> the book I'm looking for. Like, like if I could have given that book to 1993 Andy and say, this is your book, man. You, you grow up to make one of those books. Then I would just be, I would be like, whoa. I wouldn't be like, Why'd you pick this paper stock? That's a weird, <laughs> by the way, the paper stock in the book is fantastic, but it is great. Um, but, you know, I would think about what about Andy in 2007 that does, has no idea if he'll ever have a creative career. You'd be like, Hey man, just in, I don't know the math of that 14, 15 years, something like that. You're going to have this book. What if Andy at 2012, who's just starting to uh, dream about having a picture book, a story book, like this, if he could see it. And I tried to open the box that way. And the fact of the matter is, I really believe that you, when you finish a project and it lands in your hands, the temptation is to, is to allow future Andy, future you to open that thing. But I really believe to complete the cycle and complete the journey, you've got to, you've got to celebrate some wins. And you've got to enjoy the last bite. I was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and um, we were talking about like all the stuff that I'm doing. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do this to get the book out. And I'm doing this TikTok post, and I'm emailing my list, and you know all this kind of stuff." And and he could tell I was just like like really stressed about like the the final you know week of getting this thing out or whatever. And and he just kind of goes like, "Hey, man, I saw this tweet uh, about your book. I think it was from Chronicle, the publisher, and uh, it said available wherever books are sold." And he was like, do you realize like how crazy that is? <laughs> He's like available wherever books are sold. That's insane. And like, yeah, is this going to be an every bookstore? No, it, but it's available. All of them know how to get it. Like, and the idea, like no, nothing I've ever made has been able to, I've, have I been able to say that about like available wherever books are sold? And he was like, you should just like for one second, let yourself be like, that's pretty freaking cool that this is available wherever books are sold. And and so I, I 100% am with you. Like, I think that the tendency of, uh, of a lot of creative people, at least I know that this is true of you and I, is that uh, as soon as you see something, you do that. You go, oh, I would have done it this way. Or, oh, like, you know, you compare it even to the vision that you originally had for it, which is before you had to bring in budget constraints and publisher input and like market constraints, all of that stuff. When it was just this idea, you compare it to that and you're like, well, it's... It's only 95% of what I thought it was going to be or whatever. Instead of just saying like, this is a real book. You know, I published a, a video. I recorded myself opening that because I knew this will be a big moment for for anybody who's been on that journey. Um, the moment that I got those books in from from the publisher, the advanced copies, my author copies or whatever, and I, I lost it, man. I just started weeping because I was like, this is a real book that is going to be in real bookstores. Like it finally hit me that kids are going to read this book and there will be kids that hopefully 
10, 15 years from now, when they're doing their whatever version of a podcast, their space brain podcast is happening <laughs> 10 years from now, um, they're going to go, oh, yeah, the thing that made me get into writing kids' books was I saw this book that I loved about pizza from from Andy and Kyle. Like, that's going to happen. And, and it just, yeah, letting myself take that moment to enjoy that was – was so beneficial and and I I'm 100% with you. You have to have to let yourself enjoy the thing that you made or else you just get to this point where you're just chasing the next thing and chasing the next thing and chasing the next thing and you're never realizing like hey, I actually made some stuff. It, I should I should take a minute to celebrate that. Yeah, man, absolutely. And uh and actually in the spirit of that, I just want to say this this episode recording this has been a celebration of it and I've gotten emotional and passionate and excited um, uh, through the process of recording this. And, um, I'm just super, super, uh, honored and, and, and feel privileged to have got to make this with you, man. So thanks for doing this. And I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped that we got to make a book like this together. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I, I actually, uh, I have a <laughs> tattoo, uh, from the book and it's like my most visible prominent tattoo. It's like below my sleeve line on my arm. And every time I'm doing, uh, like I do like TikTok lives or whatever, or Instagram lives and, and I'm talking about the book, somebody will go, is, do you have a tattoo of your own book? And I always say like, <laughs> yeah, I, but I don't feel bad because it's I didn't draw this picture <laughs> like this and this tattoo isn't me going like hey look at this this is from a book I made what it is is like this is from a book I made with my friend Andy and what this tattoo is about is about like that it's about that me and my friend made the thing that we wanted to make and we put it out into the world to try to inspire kids that are like the kids that we were and so that's why i'm so stoked about this tattoo and this book and so yeah man i hope this is the first of a million books that we make together um and and i'm super super proud to uh have this be my debut Thanks, Kyle, for coming on the show. And thanks for all of you uh, who have already bought the book. Um, we, we're getting some good traction. We're hitting some lists, some top lists on Amazon. And uh, we've had some really good reviews come in. And there's some positive momentum. But we still need a lot to get it where we needed it to be to make a serious dent in the picture book world in the pre-orders to get it to kind of catch on and get on lists and get some press and all that kind of stuff. So if you would please help us and support um, the work that I do, go to creativepeptalk.com slash pizza. There's some links there of where you can buy the book. And uh, I hope you don't mind me uh, pulling in some favors. I try my best to show up every single week with just tons and tons of stuff to give and share and, and share all the things that have helped me because I love creative people. I love when creative people are winning. Uh, I love our world getting more creative and more friendly for creative people thriving. Um, but uh, I, I just so believe in this project 
It means so much to me. And I want to model what what I really believe is good practice for creators is when you make something that you believe in and that you love, you it owe it to that project to do it justice and do everything you can to get it out there in the world and ask the people who want to support you uh, to support and and show them how and tell them when and you know don't uh, don't bug them all the time with things that don't matter but when something really matters don't be afraid to ask and so that's what I'm doing here would love your support on this thank you so much for everybody who has already showed up um, we see you super appreciate it creativepeptalk.com slash pizza to get your copy or copies for the kids in your life Woo! this was a good episode Creative Pep Talk is part of the CoLoop Podcast Network. CoLoop is a network of creative podcasts designed to fuel your creativity. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Shout out to Alex Sugg for our Creative Pep Talk soundtrack. Thanks to Sophie Pizza and Ryan Appleton for content assistance. Massive thanks to Jordan Aaron for editing the show so beautifully. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Until we speak again, stay pepped up, stay pepped up. You must stay pepped up. Stay pepped up for the love of God.